Welcome to today's episode of Make Marriage Work. Welcome. Um, we are interviewing Eric and Lauren Slaw, um, some of our good friends from college, and they are literally the sweetest humans. Like, they're so nice. <laughs> and because of this, it's super interesting. Strons and I learned a lot talking to them about um, just a couple that's a little bit more... <laughs> Basically, they argue less than we do. (laughs) We're a little more fiery and have a decent amount of arguments, as we talk lots about on our Instagram. And Eric and Lauren, while they still get hurt and frustrated, um, they have a different way of approaching it, and that was super interesting for us to learn from. Um, They also talk about inventories um, and give you, like, incredibly specific questions to ask your partner and check in with each other about um, as ways to just kind of keep tabs on your relationship and make sure it's in a healthy, good spot. They have two kids. They've been married for about four years. Lauren is a labor and delivery nurse. She and I actually went to nursing school together and Eric manages a real estate fund. So we are just going to dive on into the episode. Yeah, let's do it. This is Make Marriage Work, a podcast for happy couples who are ready to learn how to argue better and connect more. We're Strons and Mallory Wolfgram. Mallory is a couples therapist, but this podcast isn't therapy. It's chatting with real couples like you about how to make marriage work. At the end of each episode, we give you clear takeaways that you can try out in your own relationship. All right, let's get going. Well, Eric and Lauren, how are you guys doing today? We are doing well. How are you guys doing? So good. Doing good. We're doing great. Um, You guys are coming to us live from Utah. Is that correct? Yes. Yep. Lehigh, Utah. Lehigh, Utah. Well, hey, thank you very much for joining us today. We're super excited to kind of hear how you guys make your marriage work. For sure. We're excited to find out how we make marriage work as well. So it should be a good learning experience for everybody. Perfect. Okay. So we're going to start it off with our easy question. Um, What do you love most about your partner? I think what I love most about Lauren is her, her consistent desire to improve herself. So with regards to, um, you know, when we were dating before we got married, she recommended a couple books that are, you know, great, like Crucial Conversations and a couple other just, you know, a couple good books that that kind of helped set a good foundation for our communication that we have between us. And as a parent, same thing, always looking to improve herself and even career wise as a nurse. Um, I I love her constant desire to just be better every single day you know patience with herself as she's improving but just wanting to better herself every day and that's that's you know kind of a core admirable attribute that I love about her aside from of course thinking that she's absolutely beautiful and Mm -hmm. that she is so kind and loving and and just an extremely charitable person of course she has those attributes but that that core desire to be better every day and just kind of you know even if it's not a bit even if it you know even if progress is slow, just kind of continuing to push forward on that front is is one thing that I love about her so much. I don't know if I can top that. That was so good. 
That was sweet. Um, something I love about Eric is I I just love like how how good he's with other people. Like he just genuinely loves others. Like that's one thing I noticed about him from the get go. Like he is very good with relationships. He keeps up with his friends regularly, and he's he picks up on conversations, and he's just so empathetic with people and genuinely cares. Like he's always so attentive to my needs and especially our children. Like he's just the best husband and best father. And he just genuinely loves everybody and he cares so much about everyone. And I just, that's something I've always wanted in a partner and especially adapt for my children. Um, and he's just, he is that. He's just real good. And of course he's extremely handsome. Mm. So, you know, thank you. love. (laughs) (laughs) So precious. I love asking that question. Those are lovely answers. Um, yeah. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. Um, what is a funny or relatable argument or conflict you guys have worked through together? Well, it's, just... it's just, it's hard because like, we've actually, we've never had like a full out argument. Like that being said, we've never, we, we definitely get frustrated sometimes, but I feel that communication has been such a big part of our relationship that we we talk about things so often that if I get frustrated, I, I just, we talk about it, you know, I try to think of a funny one though. I know a funny one or relatable or just recent, Probably just like maybe like money, money things comes up sometimes. Yeah. So about three ish years ago, I used to work for Qualtrics down in Dallas and then I left Qualtrics and then we decided I left Qualtrics, we had a baby and then moved back to Utah from Texas, all within just like a couple of weeks. And it was an absolute just train wreck mess of a state of life that we were in. Um, like I cannot overstate that. <laughs> and so I think that's one of those things though, where, yeah, we had to get through a lot of times where, I mean, my goodness, I like, I didn't know, like just, just like some context, I had no idea how negative a bank account could go until we, you know, until we started this whole entrepreneurial thing. Right. And so there were times where, yeah, like we would wake up in the morning and we would start off with, you know, like wonderful emails and calls about, you know, some, some bank thing that had gone on. And it would, I've been to the gas station and not had a car to pay for gas. And like, I'd call Eric up and get, we, I mean, I'd be frustrated not knowing what to do. And we'd, I mean, we just kind of figure it out slowly, but I mean, and find ways to resolve it. I mean, of course, I think even though you're not mad at each other, you're just mad at the situation. That was, that was, that was how we helped to kind of cool anything off. Cause again, you have, you had some, you had some, some tough moments with that, but I remember one instance in particular where, you know, we were, we were, you know, in, in kind of a financial pickle and when we were both talking about it and we both just for like a second before anything got too crazy, just took a second and said, okay, just, just so, you know, just to kind of like set the stage, we're both super, super frustrated with this. And we're, and we're both, you know, very much committed to finding a solution, you know, but that, I mean, that being said, there obviously is a whole lot of, of anger and frustration, you know, that's going to, that, that that's behind everything. So let's, let's definitely address that. And it's normal to feel that way. We can um, take it on each other or 
yeah, we could take it out on other people. And so we just, no, we didn't do that. Um, but, we, but just, just addressing that, like, Hey, look, you know, our, our, the stability for our family is something extremely important to both of us. Hence why this is such a trigger point for us. Um, you know, and then it was, you know, a lot of it was just me because we were building up this company, but you know, that it was, it was more just, Hey, you know, let's definitely address the problem, but really focus on the solution while making sure that the, that the problem was, you know, addressed to the point where everyone felt heard, particularly Lauren, because she was the most amazing person during that. It was like two years of just insane roller coasterness. I think that's a really relatable example. Finances, I think everybody has times of financial stress, and we certainly did early in our relationship as well. Um, and it, I, I really like what you guys said about like, there's real frustration and real anger happening in those moments. And we can choose to let that come between us or we can like point out, okay, this is a stressful situation for both of us. We're feeling overwhelmed and let's figure out how we can work through it together. Like us against the problem rather than us against mm-hmm. each other. Yeah. But we really had to like, at the same time, I, I don't ever want to go off the impression that we didn't like really address like, okay, Hey, we're both just super mad, you know, like Mm -hmm. this is like infuriating. Because we would take time too. I mean, I think that there were moments where we were just like, okay, let's, I mean, I know there's that saying like, don't go to bed angry. We would, I feel like time helps. I feel like sometimes you're so heated in the moment and we go to sleep and like have some clarity the next day and Mm -hmm. like more understanding with the other person. I think that's been big for us too, is that like, if he's in a bad mood or if I'm in a bad mood, we address like, Hey, I'm not in the best mood today. Or right now, like, let's talk later. Mm-hmm. 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 Absolutely. Just taking breaks, taking an overnight, getting good sleep, and coming mm-hmm. back together when we can have clearer heads and kind of process mm-hmm. through it better. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So our next question, we kind of dive in a little bit deeper. Um mm-hmm. To what is one of the most challenging experiences you guys have been through as a couple and how did you get through it together? Um, honestly, it probably is kind of the same thing. <laughs> like, That's totally I, fine. I mean, goodness, I'll, I mean, I can, I can dive into it a little bit further though. Yeah, like, let's do it. Just, just as far as, you know, kind of the, the steps that happened when we made that ridiculous transition. So I, so tell us a little bit more about, um, like what kind of that looked like of starting your business and tell us, give us a little bit more context too. No, you're good. So I, yeah, so I quit at Qualtrics when Lauren was eight months pregnant, which is the best time to quit a job, (laughs) a stable job, a stable job. So, so I quit that and yeah, less than a month later, our daughter Lila was born and what I was doing after I quit at Qualtrics is I was commuting to and from Utah with to meet up with two business partners of mine as we were growing our sales team and a couple other employees and stuff and so they would essentially while I was there anyways cutting to the cutting to the chase I would spend about three days in Utah and then you know about four days in Texas um exactly yeah while Lauren was home with the newborn (laughs) and so yeah as far as that went I mean it was really just I thankfully they were my business partners were very kind to let me kind of shift days around as as needed if we had a couple you know rough nights without much sleep or anything like that but i think just making sure that um when we were doing those commutes it was never like an assumed like hey you know bye i'm gone for a couple days but it was always like hey you know they're requesting these three days that i'm gone 
are you okay with that? You know, just there, there was very much of a mutual understanding on that side where I made sure that Lauren always felt like she was part of a decision in every single week that I was gone. And then Lauren was also very kind to understand that, you know, it was kind of something that had to be done professionally. Otherwise we would be in, you know, a huge pickle. And the, and then one of the moments that also went over a lot better than I think we, we it could have. So when I was out in Utah, I got a text from Lauren at like, you know, five in the morning that she had a post birth postpartum hemorrhage. I was hemorrhaging. There you go. Postpartum. Um, and I actually like, it was actually really scary. Like I almost, um, I, yeah. Anyways, it was, uh, it was pretty bad. And so it was like a week and a half after she was born. It was actually pretty late. Um, but I had some medical issues and I, uh, he flew back. And at that point, like I was, I like recovered, was in the hospital and like, I woke up and he was there and, um, we were like, this isn't going to work. <laughs> I keep being gone yeah. half the time. And so with like a little three week old, we moved to Utah with like, not even like selling our house quite yet. And just kind of made that, that transition. It was just a little bit stressful. And we got an apartment without really seeing it first. And, and just, mm-hmm. just little things. Like one thing I, I remember too, we, so I was out in Utah I think I went out one more time before we actually moved, but it was so fast. I went out there and I took a look at the apartment and it wasn't ready, but they said, oh yeah, it'll be ready. And I asked them, does it have a washer and dryer? And they said it did. <laughs> so we then started moving and all of a sudden there was no washer and dryer in there. And Lauren was like, I thought you said that there was a washer and dryer. And he was like, yeah, they told me that there was. And she stayed pretty chill. She stayed pretty chill. Um, I but- was a little fuming inside though yeah well, well it was one of those things one of those moments though where we were like all right you know what let's just go to the you know what on earth is it the little office and talk to the people and we were like hey you mentioned there'd be a washer and dryer we don't see it in there and they said oh it'll be shipped here in a you know a day or two or something like that and so again really grateful i didn't yell at him because he did do it right yeah but i'm just saying it was one of those moments though where it's like you know what let's just verify first before we start you know before before anything happens and so you know thankfully lauren was extremely understanding and just you know when 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 we were not you know particularly loving the whole transition and everything like that she was very good to to um you know be willing to just you know kind of halt the initial you know emotional rise that can happen if I had been wrong about that, you know, and it's like, it had been an additional expense we'd have had to just immediately look into. But those like first few years, like couple years, like, I mean, it was up and down with his business quite a bit. And like, we just, I mean, well, I, and we cut our square footage down to a third of what we had in Texas, you know, and thankfully it was only for a year, but yeah, I mean that, that one year of transition was just rough. But like any time that we were getting frustrated with money or stuff, we always thought like, let's come up with a solution. So I went from like not working to working part time and then I'm like working full time again. And we just, we just give and take and we just do what we need to do to make it by and to find solutions with when things get hard, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, it sounds like you guys are very like good at noticing what emotions are coming up and then kind of working through them before boiling over it sounds like both of you guys have that talent is that accurate I would say so yeah I feel like we're both pretty I mean I think with especially like just previous relationships we've learned 
that too. Like just learned mm-hmm. how to, I mean, with time it gets better too. I mean, I think when you first learn how to get in relationships, it's just easy to blame someone else and just get mad at them. But I mean, I think we definitely try to think the best of the other person and um, just assume that they're trying their best and they're not like purposely like trying to make you angry or try to make you upset. And, you know, having that, having that mindset definitely helps you to be more patient with the other person and just kind of, instead of attacking someone, like attacking Eric, if I'm frustrated, I just try to like, you talk about it first. And then I usually see his side. And I think especially after being married for, you know, the, what, however many years, four four years years we've been married, I know that he's not like a person to just do something to make me mad. He usually has a different side. There's another side of the story that I don't know. And so I like to hear that side before I get upset or, you know, does that make sense? Totally. I think that I love what you said, like not making or assuming he has his best intentions, like making sure we have that assumption of like, I know them, they're not going to go around trying to hurt me or trying to lie about the washer and dryer on purpose. (laughs) So let me take a breath. And like, even though this is stressful, let me remember kind of like the person that I know and we can work through it together. I think also during that time, just we always made sure to focus on positives and go over stuff that we were grateful for because there were positives of the situation, you know, and, and there were some, some good factors. We're and very happy to be together all the time. Yeah. And, and, you know, I feel like I have to just say this for my, for my own personal pride, but the company, you know, eventually picked up and resulted in a lot of financial security with, you know, very flexible, a very flexible life on my end to, you know, be the best dad and, and husband and all that. And, and so I think as we focused on the blessings and opportunities that came from that whole transition, mm-hmm. they, they really started to augment more and more. And so I think our focus was also a big thing. Like we never, I don't think either of us ever had just a negative vent about all the stuff that was going wrong. I mean, we always were focusing on good things that were happening or other benefits of you know, that were coming from the transition. So those were also good just to help us make sure we maintain a pretty positive focus. And I think that because we did that, those positive things did augment into our life. You know, what you, what you look for, you're going to find. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that is so powerful. I'm curious, did you guys like, is that something that just happens really naturally in just how you talk day to day? Or do you guys have any more like really mindful ways of finding gratitude or um being positive like more intentionally yeah so I mean when we first got married we um we just talked about things but I think the as we we actually you know where we got it from so we we um I think we were married for a year we went over to one of my family friend's house and like before bed every night they like said like what what was the best part of the day the worst part of the day something they're grateful for and like their goal for the next day and Eric and I that like impacted us so much and we were just like that is amazing like what a great way to keep communication like so prevalent in our lives and so we uh, kind of adapted something similar and 
have made like added that into our lives. So I think really just every single day we talk about like before we go to bed, we talk about, okay, what was the best part of your day? And that usually goes into a conversation, the worst part of the day for me. And that goes into a conversation, like something that has happened that day that made us grateful for something. And you know, what, what goals do we have? And I feel like, you know, doing those, doing those, like we, what do we call them? We call them our, well, well, just like a, you could call it like a little nightly inventory. A nightly, yeah, we call it like mm-hmm. our daily inventory or something like that. And then because we're able to do that, like I found out, you know, that Eric, he he wanted to pursue a car- like his own, his own like entrepreneurial career. You know, he wasn't happy with his job. And so he wanted to do something like that. And, you know, because of that, we found out that I didn't love my job as much and I wanted to change. And, you know, maybe we, we wanted our second kid and things like that, that we, I feel like, because we do those every night, like that has helped us even more with our communication. Mm-hmm. For it. sure. And that, and that way, I mean, that way, even if you're maybe not in the best mood or, I mean, if, if you are in, in, in a great mood, I think it is good just to help increase almost a sort of self-awareness mm-hmm. on every single day where you can kind of unload it because the best part of the day is always good to find positives, but it actually is also a little bit empowering to have a worst part of the day mm-hmm. just to kind of get it off your chest. And then of course, having some gratitude for, you know, something good that happened, even if sometimes you're just thankful that the day's over, but that yes. in and of itself could be something to be grateful for. Yeah. And then goals for tomorrow, just make sure that we can always, you know, very much stay abreast of what each other are doing. Um, just because with Lauren working nights, I mean, we have to text this to each other sometimes. Um, but, you know, if she's working back to back nights and we see each other for just a couple hours a day, it's good to have to be so much on the same page, um, you know, with each other. No, and I feel like if I can tell something's bothering Eric, you know, and he doesn't want to talk about it, by the time we do that, like, I'll find out like what it was that was bothering him or vice versa. Um, and I, I feel like it almost like because I, I don't know, I feel like I can almost from doing that and having that communication, I can almost tell that there is something bothering him better now. If that makes sense. I just can read him better because I, because he'll tell me that something's bothering him. And now I kind of am able to tell if something's bothering him more because we talked mm-hmm. about it so much. I love like the, it sounds like you guys are so consistent at it where it's like a ritual. Like you said, like it's mm-hmm. like a nightly inventory And I love Mm -hmm. the idea of like a daily ritual where no matter how good or bad or long, or I love talking about how different work schedules, right? It's not always this, like we get the whole evening together, but we can take 10 minutes or whatever it is to just have that check-in every day. Mm -hmm. And I love thinking too, like, I think for me, especially working with a lot of couples that are like in distress, I sometimes get anxious of like, what if, you know, we get down that path one day and for me, something that's really helpful is like, as long as we are checking in and like being really mindful of our relationship one day at a time, mm-hmm. um, then we'll never, you know, end up all the way down this other path. And I think a simple ritual like that, that you guys do, which is like so connecting, even though it doesn't take that long, is like a really good example of just like making sure you're connecting every single day. Yeah. I it is great for that. Yeah. It is. I think that even like, other relationships I've had either with my family, sisters, friends, exes, anybody. Like, I think I'm the type of person, I feel like a lot of women are where they, 
something can bother somebody, like something would bother me and I just let it eat me up inside. And then like, I feel like when that happens, you just like explode on -hmm. somebody. And so that's a hundred percent how I used to be. And then with, well, I don't do this inventory with everybody, but especially with Eric, I feel like because we do talk so much, I have not been that person at all with him. Whereas I hundred percent used to be like that. I just let something eat at me until I just couldn't handle it anymore and had to let it out. But now mm-hmm. if we talk about something every day, like something little that bothers me, we'll talk about it right away and we'll work on it together. That's awesome. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, with these nightly inventories, uh, they guys call them, you know, I really love how you guys text each other, um, mm-hmm. you know, taking a short time just to stay connected. Um, our next question is, how do you guys stay close and connected? And maybe you guys touched a little bit upon this uh, when you guys were discussing, you know, how you guys have open communication, how you guys connect each night. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, how else do you guys stay close and connected? Aside from doing that inventory, we'll also every Saturday do a more in-depth inventory. (laughs) And and the thing is... I was about to say, yeah, we then we have a, then we have an inventory on how we're doing on our inventories. No, we don't do that. I promise you, not that weird. But the thing is, honestly, here's the thing: like, it sounds so funny when you know you just you just listening you're listening to some people talk about like, oh, we just constantly are doing inventories. But the thing is, is because we've seen the positive effects of them. It's Thursday evening, and I am looking forward to Saturday when we can go over all of that stuff together as a couple. So like the different cat, like we do different categories. So like, yeah, tell us the details. Ones, we do like best, worst, grateful and go for the next day. So once a week, we usually do Saturdays, like he says, sometimes mm-hmm. Sundays, we talk about how are you feeling physically? And we usually, well, best, best. Oh, part sorry. Of the we week. do best part of the week, worst part of the week. And then we talk about how are you feeling physically? And that usually we talk about like, you know, what we are eating, you know, how are we feeling sick? Are we happy with our exercise routines and that kind of thing? Um, And is is Lauren getting enough sleep if she's working nights, just things like that? Mm -hmm. Um, Then we talk about how's work going? Are you feeling fulfilled with work? And that's actually a big one that made me realize that I wanted to switch into labor and delivery and go to full time because we talk about that so much, like how you're feeling with work that I realized that that was something that I wanted to do. And mm-hmm. that one's been really good for us. Um, we do, how are you feeling emotionally? So that one kind of kind of outside of work, yeah, like outside of work. So how are you feeling like day to day emotionally? Like, are you feeling overwhelmed? How are you doing with the kids, our relationship, like all in, in general, um, mentally, like, what are you doing to stimulate yourself? Like, are you, what are, you, are you reading? I was trying to learn Spanish. I'm not doing great on that right now, but. And Lauren and I read very, very different books. Yes. So <laughs> I read a bunch of business and self-help books, which I need a lot of. And Lauren fiction loves, loves yeah, fiction type stuff. But when we ask how, how each other is doing mentally, getting a quick, just a quick kind of pulse on that. If I've got a little insight I can share with her, it's great. And, I, and she doesn't. You know, I don't, I don't bore her with, you know, every single little detail of stuff and she can give me a synopsis of a book, why it's great or why it's lame or something like that. And I don't, I don't mean, I don't mean that in like a, a, a rude way. I'm just saying every so often she finds a book that she doesn't love and she can just kind of tell me why she doesn't like it or something, or like you know, I'll talk to you about like what I've learned at work that week or something yeah. or things like that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, socially, we talk about how we're feeling socially. Like, are we doing enough things with friends? Are we going out? Should we have people over? Should I go do a girls' night? Should he go do some music stuff with his brothers? That kind of stuff. It's been very helpful, actually, recently in mm-hmm. this pandemic, because it is good to just say, hey, you know, we both are just we both are missing friends, you know, and and figuring out what we can do to to somehow kind of satisfy that human core need you know, of having that social interaction. Um, the next one is how are you doing sexually? And so we just make, yeah, make sure we're feeling good in that area. Um, and then we talk about how we're doing spiritually, spiritually. Yep. Um, you know, as far as, you know, normal. Yes. And so like, are we feeling good in our callings in our church? Are we going to our temple enough? um yeah just kind of just reading our scriptures that kind of thing and then after that we'll do what our goal for this coming week is share that um with each other and then we're obviously very goal-oriented people yes and then we finish <laughs> off with one thing that we admire and we try to keep it something you something new each week one thing that we admire about the other person mm-hmm. and that's how we'll wrap it up that's so freaking awesome. It's yeah. and again, it is like, amazing. Yeah, it like has done so much good for our relationship. Yeah, and I think there's two ways that you can approach it. I mean, we we typically will do it when we're on a walk with our family or or you know or driving somewhere or something like that. And I think just the approach you can take with it, where you can keep it really casual, and it does not need to be like a you know, two chairs on a desk facing each other and, you know, yeah. you have everything written down and have to go over it, you know, painstakingly. Keeping it pretty casual um, has really, really made it a lot more of a joy and less of a burden. So something that's... Something we actually look forward to. Yeah, that's something we've tried to always do with that is don't, don't make it painful. And if for somebody, for a particular family or couple, it's better to just, you know, go over half of those things just so it's, you know, a good way to start out. I think you're better to do something smaller that's sustainable instead of, you know, trying to have some. And we've added some of those. We didn't start with all of them. We like, yeah. we added some slowly that we liked just because we wanted to talk about them more. But I think originally we just started off with like three or four things. Yeah. It's just kind of what was important to us, you know, and, and I'm sure that changes for, that's different for many other people. Mm-hmm. Well, here's what I love so much about that. Kind of going back to what I was saying about even the daily check-ins, but this like much more in-depth weekly check-in, like just as a couples therapist, so much of what I work on with couples is they have not been talking about a number of those things for mm-hmm. years to decades. And mm-hmm. so they've lost, they've lost sight of each other and they've lost feeling understood and connected and Literally, if you do that every week and you're honest with it, like it's just it just sounds so awesome because I think Strand and I try to do a lot of that, but not as structured. And I don't know that the structure would work exactly for us, but just to have that idea of like you should be checking in with all of these core parts of ourselves in our relationship every single week, even if it's a similar week as last week, it doesn't mean we stop checking in. It just sounds like such a great way to keep things close and stable. And I don't know. I think that's such a cool idea. Yeah. But, but thank you. No, we, we, I mean, again, 
I mean, I think it's like different for every single person. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But we appreciate any validation we can get. I mean, (laughs) so yeah, I mean, very kind words, Mallory. Thank you for that. No. Yeah. Um, Okay. Cause you guys are giving us like so much goodness already. So this might be a hard question (laughs) because our last question is what is each of your number one tip um, for others to make marriage work? And it's okay if you've already mentioned it because you guys have touched on so much goodness. Um, but what would be your kind of number one tip? Um, there was a there was a quote that I know I didn't come up with this, but in my arrogant little mind, I'd like to think that I coined it somewhat myself. And Perfect. again, I, I mean, everybody, I'm sure there's other variations of it, but essentially it's just that if you want the final product of anything – you have to really learn to love and want the process to get to it. So I use that, um, you know, I, I use that in a, on a service mission down in Argentina. I used it as a trainer when I was going through college where, you know, if someone wants to lose 50 pounds, they have to really learn to want to eat healthy and to exercise and to, you know, have a normal sleep schedule. And if they don't do those things or don't want to, then they really don't want that final product. And so I think if you want a happy marriage, you have to really figure out what it is that that it will take to get to that point, whether it's, um, you know, better communication, you know, more adherence to your partner's love languages and and really focusing on those or, you know, sacrificing something that may bother them or, or something like that. But I think in, you know, really determining what the process is to get to your vision of a happy marriage and then really learning to love and want to carry that out every single day. Strands over Snaps. here snapping. Snaps. <laughs> I'm just going to reiterate, reiterate the whole just love your spouse. I mean, in mm-hmm. any way you can. I mean, I know that everyone has their love languages, but I mean, in every way you should love them. I think that even though some people might prefer others, like some more than others, I think that we both appreciate, you know, being loved physically with, you know, even just hugging kissing obviously sex is a big one um but and then you know giving each other gifts those words of affirmation we can I mean Eric we call each other love and like our nicknames are like love I call him handsome like just those little things and I tell him all the time what a good dad I think he is and he tells me all the time you know what a good wife and mother I am and just those words of affirmation are so wonderful I mean spending quality time is a huge one I think that you know the more time we spend together the better we do. Um, I feel like that, I mean, I know some people aren't 100% like that, but for us, that works. Um, just love I don't each, know, just, just love each other. Just love I just, each other. I mean, don't hate, just love, just love each other. <laughs> I think what I'm hearing and like learning from listening to you guys is just that like really active, intentional, daily, minute by minute, week by week, like effort a lot yeah Mm -hmm. for sure yeah i mean which is beautiful thank you we we have been complimented that we have a a you know great relationship and it is one of those things where we can't really say like hey it was just happenstance and and we do feel like we are extremely lucky and blessed to have found each other but Mm -hmm. we also have no problem saying thank you we do really work on our marriage a lot yeah yeah which we love because I think that's part of why we, we call this make marriage work is because even though 
you don't want it to be like miserable work 100% of the time. Mm -hmm. Even like you're describing these like really lovely conversations you have, but it's still work, meaning active effort, intentional effort that's building up the relationship and keeping it strong day by day, which Mm -hmm. I'm still waiting. I'm still waiting for those red hats that say make marriage work again. (laughs) You could send send one my way. I'd wear it. I'm trying to get into I'm get I get into some massive political debates with random people, I'm sure. But you know, we'll if you make, make just him, one, just one for Eric. I, I, there you go. I could I could I could rep oh that no goodness, problem. He would. He would. <laughs> oh well thank you guys so much. This was awesome. Yeah, of course. I think it was I think it was very helpful, um, not only for, you know, those who will be listening, but also for for uh, myself and Mallory, we have a wonderful privilege to, you know, talk with couples and, and see how their marriage works. Most of them are friends and some of them are, are, are strangers, but um, we surely appreciate you guys being on the podcast and uh, we hope, you know, somebody out there can learn a lesson or two from your guys' wonderful relationship. Thank you guys. Thank you very much for the kind words. And you know, I wish we could reciprocate reciprocate all these questions to you guys, but <laughs> we do love hearing ourselves talk, me especially. Perfect. So it's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah, thank you guys so much. So good. We love talking with Eric and Lauren. They were awesome and seriously give such specific takeaways. And we can't wait to kind of break them down into some workets for you to talk with your partner about. So you ready, babe? Let's work 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 They try to acknowledge their feelings, feel their feelings, but think through how can we work through this together rather than kind of teaming up against each other Um, and looking at it as a situational problem, not a problem with their partner. And I thought that was really helpful. And working number two, are there moments when we can do a better job of assuming the best in the other person rather than jumping to blame? I really liked one point that Lauren stated where we should assume that our partners have the best intentions because we know them. So often we unintentionally hurt our partners to where um, sometimes we, we may assume that our partners are intentionally hurting us. So sitting down and having that conversation whenever we're hurt by our partner to understand where our partners are coming from. And work at number three is their awesome inventories. So like we talked about with them in the episode, I think this can be applied in so many different ways and it doesn't have to be exactly their recipe for an inventory, but just this idea of having a daily check-in with your partner and even a more intense weekly check-in. Like we talked about, just make sure you guys are always on the same page, always in sync and always right there with each other. So I'm going to give you their um, kind of questions um, so that you have that to talk through with your partner and kind of decide on what would that look like for your own relationship. So their daily inventory or their daily check-in includes their best part of the day, their worst part of the day, 
something you're grateful for, and a goal for tomorrow. And then their weekly inventory is their best part of the week, their worst part of the week, how they're doing physically, how they're doing with work, how they're doing emotionally, how they're doing mentally, how they're doing socially, how they're doing sexually, how they're doing spiritually, and a goal for the week. And then one thing they admire about their partner and trying to keep that new each week. So we hope that those workets are a helpful way to get really concrete action you can take with your partner. And I think that inventory is such a good one to try out with your partner. So go back, listen to it, write down the different questions and try it out with your partner this weekend or tonight. Um, Thanks so much for listening. We're so happy to have you here. Um, And thank you so much to everybody who rated and reviewed our podcast. It really means a lot to us. And we wanted to start reading reviews during episodes um, to thank you guys for reviewing and We're in the process of brainstorming kind of like a goodie to send you for leaving a review on our podcast. I'm kind of thinking like fun work it stickers or make marriage work stickers or I don't know, something like that. So stay tuned for that. So thanks again for listening um, and we'll see you next time. If you like this episode, we'd be super grateful if you would rate and review our podcast. And don't forget to tell your friends. It really does help other listeners find us. And make sure to find us on Instagram for more relationship tips at Make Marriage Work. Thanks so much for listening. See you next time.